It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bengals get to 2-2 and after a fast start and a strong finish puts the Dolphins away in a pretty dominant fashion. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're covering your two and two Cincinnati Bengals every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you free coverage on YouTube, on anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate all of you who subscribe, who make us your first listen. This episode brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as 5 dollars per month go check them out at bright.co forward slash locked on and james another strong start that's two in a row and this week accompanied by a strong finish for the cincinnati bengals who i said it was dominant in our little tease at the beginning of the show and some people might be wondering what the heck are you talking about the middle of that game was really tense they they didn't have a lead they had to outscore the dolphins 13 to 0 in the fourth quarter to get that 12 point win what do you mean they were losing going into the fourth quarter well maybe i misspoke a little bit but the final score <laughs> 27 to 15 and the other thing that i thought was really good and we're not going to start here we're going to get there is the defense against a really efficient offense Tua injury aside, and I hope he's healthy. That's the bottom line on Tua. Hope he gets well. The defense played great. We're going to start, of course, though, with Joe Burrow and this offense. And while it was tough going, let's say, in the middle of this game, they had a punt, they had a turnover on downs, they had a punt for three straight drives in the first half, they had a couple straight punts in the second half before settling for a pair of field goals. There was a lot of good, I think, to take away from this game on the offensive side of the ball. So it's a mixed bag for me when I consider the offense on Thursday night. Yeah, it was certainly a mixed bag. And honestly, let's start with the start because the start was nine plays, 75 yards and an opening possession touchdown for the second straight week. Mm -hmm. And I got to be honest with you, Jake, the atmosphere was insane. Record crowd, I think it was what yeah. 67,260 at Paycor Stadium. So shout out to all the Bengals fans. I'm sure all of them are listening to this episode of Locked On Bengals. Reminder, tell a Bengals fan about Locked On Bengals because we're the only daily Bengals podcast. But they go up 7 nothing, and I'm like, all right, 
buckle up, strap in, because like three plays, it, it takes the Dolphins like three plays, and they're in Bengals territory and moving the ball quick. And I'm like, this is about to be wild. This is going to be a crazy game. And then the theme, and I think the the main takeaway, the bend but don't break defense, and we'll talk more about them. It's a huge takeaway from tonight. But Joe Burrow on that drive, I thought he was okay. You know, I think he, he started four for four and, uh, you know, was four for five on that drive, something in that range. But throughout the game, there was never a moment where I was like, oh, wow, Joe Burrow's on his you can't zero me Thursday night football stance again. Like I never thought he took the game over. And yet at the end of the game, I look at a stat line, Jake, and it's 20 of 31, 287 yards, three touchdowns, and it's like, well, damn, he played really, really well. Where where does this – and it's those explosives, those explosive plays, the one to T. Higgins, the 59-yard touchdown, mm-hmm. the play to Boyd that, that set up the, the go-ahead field goal in the fourth quarter, the play to Chase, their makeup, their makeup for an offense that still hasn't found its stride, that still can't run the ball that well, that uh, is really inconsistent. And I'll be honest with you. Who doesn't like makeup, right? You, the, 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 the woman in your life, guess what? You, you probably like a little bit more with makeup on, even though that country song says otherwise. So, Jake, what I'm saying is is they might be flawed, but damn it, I, I like the makeup that we saw on Thursday night, and that's why the Bengals are 2-2 two and because two, the offense, they, they hit those blemishes with some, some explosive plays. And for those of you not watching on YouTube, that's how you know we're recording at two in the morning. Jane's still down at Paycor Stadium with the lights in the background. They haven't turned them off yet. I feel like last year they had turned them off by the time we got around to recording after Thursday night. That was a late night too. Uh, Here's what I saw from Joe Burrow to start the game. I thought really good processing to start the game, the Dolphins. And I think that, you know, T talked about this a little bit after the game. Burrow talked about this a little bit after the game. We're doing some weird things on defense. They have Xavier Howard. They have one corner that they feel really good about. And so they had Xavier Howard frequently manned up on T. Higgins. And, you know, Joe Goodberry, he's at the game. He tweets during the game. Dolphins are begging the Bengals to take a vertical shot to T. Higgins. And they were. It was one-on-one with Xavier Howard, and eventually Burrow goes to it and hits it, and it's a touchdown. But they were doubling Tyler Boyd in the slot, and they were doubling Jamar Chase on the other side. And that was leading to some really weird pre-snap looks from the Dolphins. Also, I, I've already noticed as I've been re-watching the game a little bit, they've rotated into cover two from, from a single high look from a, in an invert cover two look that I think uh, caused Joe Burrow to hesitate a little bit, check it down. So it, it took them a little bit of time to figure out what the Dolphins were doing defensively. But that being said, the running game, for as bad as it was in this game, and as much as it needs to improve, was working on the first drive. It was mm-hmm. relatively efficient on the first drive. And Burrow, no for for the struggles that you, you want to talk about in the middle of the game, on the first drive, decisive and quick, getting the ball to Hayden Hurst in space on a third and one, goes for 19 yards because Hurst gets a chance to run after the catch. Decisive and quick against the zero blitz look. I think it was the only zero blitz look, according to Burrow, that they saw in the game where they motion Tyler Boyd in on the right side to help pass protect. He gets out of smoke really quick to T. Higgins, makes Xavier Howard miss. T. Higgins could have been running a long way on that play if he doesn't trip. So talked mm-hmm. about the adjustments they had there. And then, oh, by the way, also T. Higgins, who had a great game, hurt his leg on the very first drive of the game. On, mm-hmm. on the, the second to last play of that first drive of the game, or, or third to last play, something like that of that first drive. 
hurts his leg. Mixon on the next play takes it in uh, for the touchdown. It's it's a sprained ankle. Okay, so it was an ankle. I wasn't sure if it was ankle or calf or something, but he he, he left he the got, game a few times and came back in and played through it. Yeah, so he got it taped uh, and then got it retaped in the third quarter. Gotcha. Already already told us that he's playing in week five. Well, he has so a lot we'll of time. We'll, and, we'll and see he, how he, he feels. Played, he played great through this one. So, you yeah. know, maybe it swells up on him. Who knows? Hopefully he's okay. Fantastic game for him. Really good start for the offense. Loved the script. Thought they had answers for, yep. for whatever the Dolphins threw at him. They got in that one third down, but Burrow decisive, reading the field really well. And then the middle of the game happens, and there's this punt, turnover on downs, punt sequence. And this is where, you know, Twitter's blowing up like, what is Zach Taylor doing? Why can't they get open? And this is them taking a little bit of time to figure it out. They did have one fairly successful drive in there, 10 plays, 47 yards before Taylor decides to go for it. And, well, you get that toss play that everybody hates so much on fourth down. And that one, I think, is fair to criticize. But I like the decision to go for it there. And and the math did, too. I just didn't like the play very much. And so this is where they need to get more consistent. They need to have their answers more consistently. They did come back and get that big play to T. Higgins. And, finally said, you know what, if you're going to keep giving us this one-on-one opportunity, we're going to take the shot. Mm -hmm. And then there you go. Uh, A a big explosive touchdown play for the Bengals and gets them going. But, you know, it was an up and down game for the, for the offense. We'll have to talk about the second half as well, because they did finish the game pretty strong too, as they started to really take advantage of some of those matchups, but there was a little bit of an, an adaptation period and, you would like to see those adjustments maybe happen a little bit quicker, and you would like to see them maybe have a few more answers ready to go earlier in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's the makeup. I, they would have been trailing at halftime if they didn't have that one explosive to T. You know, the offense. Well, and a block field goal and a missed extra point. Sure, sure, yeah, right? And, and yeah, the block field goal is a play that kind of goes, you know, under the radar a bit. And, and you know, special teams certainly came up big. Defense came up big. We'll get to those. We do need to get to the second half offense. And, you know, we're all about the, the offense. But it, it hid what was, honestly, and it's fine if you want to go for it. I wonder why this team can't quarterback sneak it ever on, on short yardage. It's weird to me now because Ted Karras is reliable and I think they should be able to. And maybe you just don't want to put Burrow in harm's way. But uh, we can discuss that and more when it comes to the play calling and the the question marks on this offense. And we also have to get to the defense. But first, I have to tell you about an insurance policy that you need. And look, I get it. Insurance is boring and we all hate insurance, right? Well, these guys at Brightco turn the whole experience around. Because if you have a little bling like Joe Burrow, you have a nice watch, you have a a chain, you have an engagement ring, wedding ring that you need to get insured because it's worth, well, six-month salary, as they say. Well, all you have to do is go to Bright.co and in Brightco, they're going to be able to get you insurance on that piece of jewelry for less, way less than the competitors. It'll take like two minutes on your cell phone. All you have to do is go to Bright.co forward slash locked on. It's going to be like five bucks a month for comprehensive coverage. Think about that, five bucks a month. That's a no-brainer go to bright.co forward slash locked on today to see everything they have to offer for you and, and get you insured and give you that peace of mind is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'll tell you why they didn't sneak it there, James, on that fourth down. They didn't have a look for it. It was actually a perfect look for that toss. Unlike last week where, where Zach Taylor was like, if I call anything but that toss to, to Jamar Chase, we get a first down. The Dolphins pack the A-gaps and looked like they could get outflanked on the perimeter. But really what happens there is Lyle Collins doesn't seal his guy off. And that blows up the entire play. Of course, you would make a good argument, I think, as well, that as, as some did on Twitter, the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And when you throw the toss element in, you try to go outside, mm-hmm. that straight line gets a lot longer. And it's mm-hmm. not really as straight as a quarterback sneak is. But on this particular play, from the, from the look they had with the bodies the Dolphins had in the A-gas, I think that a quarterback sneak would not have been my play call of choice. But I also might have thrown the ball. So, you know, call me crazy, but I'm going to the ball. I, I would have went with the best kicker in the league, some guy named Money Mac, but, you know. Sure. Uh, again, I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem with the decision to go for it here. I thought they should have gone for it later in the game when they did kick a field goal to go up 17-15, but, you know, the way the game was going, they didn't seem to have a lot of confidence. They could get that one yard, and probably rightly so. Uh, they they could not get that one yard on multiple occasions in this game. And to me, it still looks like Joe Mixon is not playing at 100%, whether it's because of injury or some other reason. I'm not sure. I, I thought he did start the game really well. I thought as the game went on, it looked like the burst was not there for Joe. And hopefully that gets back. Hopefully a little bit of rest does him well. But, you know, yeah, like I said, in general, for this offense, they, they need to be a little bit more consistent. I think Joe Burrow would tell you that too, but I like the way they finished the game. Uh, we, we saw a great trick play. Tyler Boyd's throw to Jamar Chase was one of the better passes in this game. I Dime. mean, yeah, I put, put it on an absolute line and he had to because it wasn't the biggest of windows for a wide receiver to be making that pass. And uh, Joe Burrow even complimented it saying, yes, yeah, a tough throw cover two whole shot and he he put it on him uh, also on that drive the Tyler Boyd drive running a beautiful double move and they got the perfect look mm-hmm. for it single high safety Boyd beats a double coverage all on his own on a on a nice little play action play and this is where the the encouraging things happened for me with this offense James was a few of the play designs that they called late in this game this being one of them starting to take those vertical shots that the play action leak to uh, Hayden Hurst for the game ceiling touchdown. Those were all beautiful play calls. And they even had another one that they didn't hit on that I really liked. And it just took until the fourth quarter for them to get to these calls that they liked fourth quarter, field goal, field goal, touchdown kneels to end the game. And, Mm -hmm. And that field goal came from the one yard line. So successful drives. The other one was a 57-yarder, so some, some some opposites there. But some some successful drives for this team to end the game, and it's just that that middle that, that they need to sort out now because the script has been great for two weeks, and they've closed the games out, especially this week. I thought they did a great job closing this game out, and that's a reason, I think, to be 
encouraged, even if you do have a little bit of skepticism because of the way the middle part of the game went. Yeah, no doubt. And this is a good transition point because there's plenty of good with the offense and there's still plenty of bad and room to improve. But, and we said this the first two weeks, this defense kept them in the game the first two weeks, but they didn't make explosive plays that were necessary to get them over the top. Mm-hmm. Well, they did that today. These game-changing plays, yeah, the first man. of which led to the the toss on fourth and one from Von Bell, uh, the interception, which was his favorite of the two interceptions, and then better. the dagger interception with 302. It was better. Let's talk it was about incredible. the first interception. The fact that he sees the ball, reads the ball, just cr- like jumps over Tyreek Hill to make a play on the ball, the ball tracking, the skills to, mm-hmm. to do so, to hold on to it. I, I was like, who is that? That's yeah. Von Bell in coverage making that play? Like, when I wrote oh, the tweet, I was like, Jesse, B- but wait a minute. It wasn't Jesse Bates. That was Bob Bell. Ooh, I uh, yeah, I was like, man, Von Bell, and and so to make that, I mean, he outplayed Tyreek Hill on that play. Like he covered downfield so much ground too, starting from the numbers on the opposite side of the field. The post running away from him, awful throw. Gives Von Bell. It was a, a bad throw. It was awful, bad. awful throw. One of the worst throws of the game. But, well, not the worst, but one of the worst. And But Von Bell coming from outside or well, on the numbers on the right side of the defense all the way over to inside the left hash, the other side of the left half hash to make that play. You're not paying Von Bell to cover that kind of ground, but he did it. He's not known for it, but he did it. Fantastic play for Von Bell. Yeah, and, and to, hold, to not just make a play on the ball or make sure Tyreek doesn't catch it, but you're catching it and flipping the field mm-hmm. and, and getting the ball back to your offense. I mean, just huge. And then Big. the uh, the second interception, obviously, you know, three minutes left in the game. You do that. You give the offense a chance to to deliver the dagger, and, and they did. And so the, that's what this defense needed. I mean, think about this. They One touchdown against that offense. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater can still play now with that offense. I mean, I – it didn't feel much different, you know. It I know there's going to be Dolphins. Yeah, I, th- there's going to be Dolphins fans that are like, "Oh, well, two didn't get hurt," and I hope two is okay. And it sounds like he, uh, you know, had movement in, in all of his extremities and is traveling back to Miami, which is great, great news. You never want to see that. But I didn't think there was much of a drop off from like they were able to run everything that they ran, and, and so is Tua a little better than Teddy? Sure, but I. I think it was close. I mean, think about the the deep ball to Teddy Brid- uh, that Teddy Bridgewater threw to uh, Tyreek Hill, an outstanding yeah. play by Hill. Hill was great tonight. just wasn't enough. Yeah, he did hold Eli Apple, which uh, could have been a tackle for loss for Eli Apple. Look Eli Apple, you. this you is just, just a, a Ben Baby stat here. Eli Apple, when he was the closest man in coverage on Tyreek Hill, held, held Hill to something like, yeah, here it is. One catch, two targets, seven yards. Tyreek Hill did it tonight, but he didn't do it against Eli Apple. Yeah, no, and I, I know the catch. It was uh, on the near side. Hill went out of bounds, and and Apple chased him out of bounds. It wasn't a first down either. So yeah, yeah. and then Eli Apple in coverage on the final fourth down, the final offensive play of the game uh, for the Dolphins as well. If you're going to nitpick the defense, not that I want to do this, and we'll go back to the positives after this. The drive going into halftime is what the Bengals did to teams. 
last year, scoring with seconds left in the half, getting the ball back out of the half, and that's a risk you take when you start with the ball. The Bengals lost the toss this week, so it wasn't a choice they made, but that's like the worst-case scenario. They, the, they officially called the penalty on Sam Hubbard, this unnecessary roughness penalty, but Hubbard wasn't close to the play. It would have been on B.J. Hill and yeah. or uh, Mike Hilton. What happened, and, and fans came after me for this because I thought it was a clear-cut penalty, you couldn't hear the whistle very well on TV, apparently. The whistle blew, but nobody stopped playing, and the player ended up getting body slammed. Uh, Raheem Mostert ended up getting body slammed pretty good by the combination of B.J. Hill and Mike Hilton, you know, second, second and a half after the whistle. And so I think the combination of those guys being in on the play is what led to that penalty. But, you know, whether or not you agree with the flag – they didn't hold up after that either. After that two-minute warning, first down for Miami near midfield, they go right down the field, and uh, they get the touchdown, converting a third and five when when the Bengals had another opportunity to get off the field. So uh, one of the few third-down conversions of the game for the Dolphins, which tells you something about how well this defense did play, and, and you mentioned it, James, one touchdown. That touchdown snapping a 24-drive 24 streak for this Bengals defense of not giving up a touchdown and is the only touchdown they've given up. Uh, well, it's a lot more than 24 drives now. More to talk about it with this defense, James, and how the Bengals finished the game. And we'll go there to finish up the show coming up next. But first, a word from Schultz and Sons because Matt Schultz and his family, they are huge Bengals fans. So I know they're celebrating right now. Heck, they may be shining up. Their custom diamonds at Schultz and Sons right now. Getting them ready for the weekend was, look, Bengals fans, yeah, that's where you need to go if you're going to get uh, or you're in the market for any type of custom jewelry, any type uh, of piece that you want to catch our eye, get our attention. Maybe you just, you're looking for that engagement ring, or maybe you're looking for those forgive me earrings, or you just want to surprise her with something special. Well, Schultz and Sons has you covered. And when you buy from Schultz and Sons, you're talking about generations of Bengals fans that know quality, tradition, the meaning of a special piece of jewelry, and the impact it can have on you and your family. So check out Matt Schultz, who grew up as a Bengals fan, and his crew, and let them know you're a Bengals fan too, so you can be a part of their tradition. And stop by, make sure you tell them that Locked on Bengals sent you, sent you, and like I said, they are a Cincinnati tradition. Matt Schultz and his family do a great job. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If you want more information, go to SchultzDiamonds.com. That's S-C-H-U-L-Z Diamonds.com. And remember, when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. By the way, Jake, Schultz and Sons, they're perfect. Bengals offense, not so perfect, but the defense... Pretty perfect. I think that's – if we had to give a Schultz and Sons game ball, we'll give it to the defense on Give it uh, to Von Bell. Night. Yeah, Von it, Bell. We can, we can talk about an individual player. That first pick is a, an amazing play. The last pick seals the game, even though even if it is a gift 
on Teddy Bridgewater's worst throw of the game. By the way, while we're, we, I, I didn't get to finish my, my Eli Apple uh, points because I forgot one. The, the ball that they didn't challenge that he thought he picked off on the sideline, many, many people in my mentions are like, no, nah, the, the right foot wasn't in. There, there's, a, there's a picture out there, there is and, a picture. and this is what I thought happened is that when he started to possess that ball, the right foot was still on the ground. I don't know if they would have won that challenge. I might have been one of those challenges that you don't that, that stands because there's not indisputable evidence of like when possession starts. But uh, that was really close, uh, really close to a heck of a play for Eli Apple. Uh, that, that's my last. That's my last yeah. Eli Apple point. Yeah, it, it, I, and someone showed me that screen. At least showed me that screenshot. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe, maybe that was an interception. It was certainly close. And how fun would it have been if Eli Apple got an interception in this game? Yeah, Teddy uh, he really airmailed a couple passes. That was one of the two that he really yeah. overthrew. Yeah. And so there, there's the, the little bit of a drop off, I think. But Tua had some bad throws too, like we mentioned. So, oh yeah. Uh, the, the other thing that, that I want to hit on, just so, and, and you mentioned it, we, we talked about it, Evan McPherson. But special teams in general, that they're very good tonight. Outside uh, of one Kevin, punt, yeah. You, you know, Kevin Huber uh, pinning Tyreek Hill inside the 15 yard line, making him fair catch it in the first half. I thought that was a big one when he was back there. Uh, the, the fact that Trent Taylor had a big return, you had the blocked field goal, and then you have Money Mac delivering. By the way, if you're new to Locked on Bengals, that nickname, where'd that start, Jake? Um, yeah, no, that was you, I think. Um, I, I, and we can give it to the podcast. It doesn't matter. But the point is, is it's crazy. I'm hearing this guy on commercials now saying Money Mac, and Dan Horde uses Money Mac, and the national announcers use Money Mac. Well, where did that start? Well, I, mm. I wonder. Yeah. It's Sometimes wild. we're I trendsetters. Want, I don't even want credit. I just think it's it's awesome. Like, you don't want credit? Money Mac. I think Not you should have credit. credit. Not well, define credit. I mean, I, I, I think it's cool. That's all. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Yeah, the special teams tonight was great. Trent Taylor had a big punt return as well. I, I I'm not sure if you, you caught that one or yeah. not, but there, there was okay. My bad. There was one bad punt from Kevin Huber, really the only blemish on actually Kevin Huber had a couple plays, but only blemishes. He, he manages to recover the first PAT of the game. Huber mishandles it badly, barely got that. Like he, he put it flat on the ground long wise and he, he managed, to, he managed to get it up uh, in time for, uh, Evan McPherson to knock the extra point through, but it narrowly went through. So outside of that, though, really nice game for Kevin Huber. Did have a really solid game punting outside of the one that went like 10 yards or something. But you mentioned Tyree Kill going back there and pinning him deep. Tyree Kill this year had not lined up for a punt return before this game. So that is a wrinkle that Mike McDaniel saved for this week four Thursday night game, and it did not pay dividends. Meanwhile, Trent Taylor... Paid much less than Tyreek Hill, I believe, out there wow. making plays as a punt returner. I think that's a that's a take. Trent Taylor that he makes less, making less, less, less money than Tyreek Hill. <laughs> oh man! Um, uh, but I, I really did, I thought Tyreek Hill delivered on his end of the bargain tonight. the The thing is, is when you do stuff like that and you talk. Man, you better have the dudes to back it up, and and that's what I I like about this Bengals team is they're full they're filled. The defense is so solid top to bottom, and you're missing your best player in DJ Reader. 
and yet they just play so well as a unit, whether it's Von Bell one week. There's going to be a Jesse Bates week. There's going to be a Chidobe Awuzie week. There's going to be a Mike Hilton week, and we've seen Mike Hilton make plays. Mike Hilton was great today also, he, by the way. By the way, the, the play – that really stands out to me about Mike, the Trey Hendrick or the Trey Hendrickson, the uh, Mike Gasecki in space, mm-hmm. third down, yep. wide open, peels out, and Helton just comes up, makes the stop, routine for him. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. He, he did get beat by Chase Edmonds, and Edmonds dropped it on that first drive, and I think that he, could have he changed things. Yeah, but he had a couple nice plays in coverage as well, and I thought he played really well in run defense throughout the game. Uh, I think he had a couple nice blitzes as well that the ball came out quick but he was he was where he was meant to be he's playing well playing well really all year he's been good i thought the bengals also did a really good job on jalen waddle he had one big play but that's kind of it he had two catches for 39 yards in this game and you know tyreek hill was for the most part the offense and like you mentioned james dj reader not out there the run defense for the most part considering what they were doing especially I thought held up really well. I know Raheem Mostert had some big plays in this game, but those big plays happened when the Bengal safeties were retreating at the snap to get too high to, to make sure they're staying on top of guys like Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. And so without having Von Bell or Jesse Bates fast fitting the run coming downhill, the run defense still held, held up. I thought quite well holding the dolphins to 3.9 yards per carry overall as a team, 22 carries, 85 yards. And, you know, some of that is the dolphins got behind, but you know, when, when we're talking about the defense, coming into this game, Miami had the second most efficient offense in the NFL in terms of just getting first downs, converting drives into first downs. In this game, their success rate, which coming into this game was at 79%, 79% of their first downs and their set of downs turned into another first down. In this game, uh, I, I believe it was, I've got this one, I've got it 65%, which is near the bottom of the NFL through three weeks. So, taking one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL, holding them in check, I thought, really well. Two of ten on third downs were the Dolphins in this game. So really impressive effort overall for the defense in this one. Yeah, and in early on, they could not get the Dolphins to third down until the Dolphins were in scoring range. It was really – I mean, the Dolphins didn't punt. Did they punt in the first half? I think they punted once in the first half. It was a – it was – um odd and and yet you looked up and you know they had held them to 12 points and and obviously you only give up the field goal in the second half so defense was great i I thought trey hendrickson um was okay i thought he gave taron armstead taron armstead a lot you know sam hubbard nice game too yeah there were some times where i i thought there should have been a holding call and there there wasn't and and trey was certainly upset a couple of times and you could see that but uh yeah. Overall, they held their own, and uh, that, that's good to see, especially without DJ Reader. Against a def- against an offense, sorry, that can be real hell to defend. The the stuff Mike McDaniel's doing pre-snap and with the skies on the offensive side of the ball was really intricate and interesting and fun to watch. Even though I'm pulling for the other side a little bit, obviously, and. Despite that, I thought the defense answered the call. Lou Anarumo figured out what buttons to press at the right times and did a good job of, of containing this Dolphins offense, kicking a lot of field goals, did the Dolphins. Obviously, a lot more to talk about in this one. I'm excited to dive into the tape here and figure out what was going on in the middle of the game when the Bengals offense kind of went to sleep for a while. And then, you know, at the end of the game, it was obvious. The Bengals, 
identified their 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 shots or opportunities. I love the answer, by the way, from Joe Burrow about why the ball went to to Jamar Chase on that final go ball of the game. He's like, yeah, I was looking over on the left side to look off the safety and just out of the corner of my eye, I saw Jamar had already won his route when I was trying to look off the safety to go to T. And so I just threw it to Jamar. I mean, Jamar singled up press man against a backup corner immediately wins inside release on the go route and watching on prime vision. I got the all 22 live. It was great. And, and you can see immediately from the snap. I'm like, well, if he throws that ball to Jamar, that, that should be a big play. And lo and behold, accurate throw. So the explosives were there late in the game. That's a big reason to be encouraged and something that we're going to dive into. I'm going to dive into at least on tape as well, James, as we, get toward our tape review and then it's on to Baltimore two primetime games in a row. I don't know the last time the Bengals played two primetime games in a row. This one coming off of a little mini buy for this team to hopefully get a little bit healthy DJ reader going to IR before the game and hope he gets well soon has some fun tweets. So go check out DJ readers Twitter account on Thursday night as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back on Sunday. Until next time, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.